listening to Meet and Write, a podcast that dives into liturgical worship and how communion really begins after church. Well, we're very excited to have once again with us Emmanuel Gerges. He is a professor of Orthodox Systematic Theology and the Academic Dean of Holy Transfiguration College. We really appreciate it, Manny, for being with us once again. Thank you. Glad to be here. So we're going to continue our discussion that we began last time. We kind of talked about how God is a self-revealing God that loves us so much. And the pinnacle of how we unite with him is at the liturgy. The question that I have and many of us have is when we come to church on Sunday for liturgy, like we know that we're gathering around the Eucharistic table and celebrating the Last Supper, something that happened 2,000 years ago with Jesus and his followers. The question is, are we just commemorating, you know, this event that happened 2,000 years ago and kind of celebrating it, that this is important and that I need to have communion? Or is it something so much more? Like, how should we look at the liturgy or the Eucharist and how should I approach it? Is it something like an historical event or is it something more? I mean, this is a great question. And again, in order to answer that question, I would need to backtrack a little bit and just elaborate on the nature of science and its relationship to uh, theology. I mean, part of the gift of rationality uh, that God gave to man was man's ability to use science. And there is often a negatively viewed relationship between theology and science. And this is, this is something very important that we have to understand that uh, in Orthodox theology, theology can definitely inform science. And science can refine theological expression. So, for example, let's consider the use of the church fathers of certain scientific terminology to express theological ideas. Words like usia and thesis are ultimately scientific terms that were used to denote the essence and the nature of God. So, with this in mind, it is important to come back then to your question and discuss the notion of space and time as they relate to theology. Uh, this, I think, will make things more crisp and more easier for us as we progress in our journey within the liturgy and our encounter with the uh, relationship with God. In the Coptic rite of the liturgy of San Basil, uh, the priest says, therefore, we also commemorate his holy passion, his resurrection from the dead, his ascension into the heavens, and his sitting at your right hand of Father, and his second coming, which shall be from the heavens, awesome and full of glory. Furthermore, in the Byzantine liturgy of St. John Chrysostom, the priest says, remembering, therefore, this command of the Savior and all that came to pass for our sake, the cross, the tomb, the resurrection on the third day, the ascension into heaven, the enthronement at the right hand of the Father, and the second glorious coming. So clearly, we have this paradoxical statement in which the priest says, we commemorate or we remember, and then he says, what do we commemorate all these acts in the past? except for this one event that happens in the future, which is the second coming, which shall be from heaven. Uh, And in the liturgy of St. John Chrysostom and the second glorious coming. So the question becomes, how do we remember something that has not happened yet? How do we remember the future, in other words? Yeah, because to the average ear, it sounds sounds awkward. It sounds like it's wrong, something 
historical events and then something that hasn't happened yet altogether in one sense. Yeah, it doesn't go together. Exactly, exactly. And I think in order to elaborate more on that, we have to, again, we cannot discuss uh, time apart from space or space, uh, you know, apart from time, as we know from science. Um, and so let us look a little deeper into uh, the concept of time, both in science and um, in, in theology. So the ancient Greeks had two words to express time. The first word is chronos, where we get the English word chronology. And the second word is keros, keros. And, um, you know, we in, in our modern society, we almost exclusively think of time as chronos. And the definition of chronological time, it is sequential time. It's linear. It's, it's the succession of moments of hours, of days, of weeks, of months, and of years. So one event happens, and then another event happens, and this succession of events and succession of time is chronological time. Yeah. However, Kairos, um, it, is, it is an interesting uh, concept in uh, science and in uh, philosophy. Uh, well, from the ancient time, Kairos is not time as we know it in this world. It is sort of like sacred time or time as experienced by the heavenly hosts. To make this easier, I, I guess we ought to ask the question, okay, how do we measure chronological time? Well, chronological time, we look at the watch or the clock and we say, okay, it is time, you know, it's, it's 1 p.m. because it's sequential. Uh, in an hour, it will be 2 p.m. However, the Kairos is kind of like a binary system. So think of, uh, you know, for, for those of our uh, listeners who are engineers, they, will, they might relate to this easier. Think of it as zero and one, zero and one. Zero meaning there is nothing, but one means there is an event that's happening. So in Kairos, the question is, are we in the presence of God or are we not in the presence of God? So if we are in the presence of God, we are counted as one with God. Mm. If we're not in the presence of God, then we're counted as zero, as nothing. We have no existence. We have no uh, reality. So in Kronos, the past and the future can only be said to exist in the abstract. But in Kairos, all aspects of time are immediate and accessible, meaning in chronos and chronological time, I am speaking to you right now, and then I have to wait until we see the events that will unfold in an hour. Yeah. But in Kairos, all events happen now. We have access to them immediately. We have access, we have continuous accessibility to all the events, all at the same time, all at the same moment. So that's why we have to then understand the relationship between time and space. You know, in, in uh, physics class, uh, if we define space, you will, uh, they will probably teach you about, you know, dimensions. So, you know, the first dimension, they'll say it's a dot on a line. Mm -hmm. And then a second dimension, it's like a dot in a plane, meaning in the first dimension, you can only see in front of you and behind you. In the second dimension, you can see in front of you, behind you, to your left and to your right. 
And then in a third dimension, it's like a dot in a cube, which means I can look front, back, left, right, up and down. Mm -hmm. Then fourth dimension is the movement of this one dot in any of those directions and the relationship between this dot and it's moving in time. Mm -hmm. But when we speak about the liturgy, we're entering a completely different reality. And this reality is a relational reality. This relational reality is having access to the fullness of God all the time. Which is that Kiros time that you're talking about. Exactly. And that's why in the liturgy of St. Jean Chrysostom and some of the other ancient liturgies, at the beginning of, uh, of the liturgy, the priest says, we hereby enter the Kiros, which means we hereby enter the presence of God that is counted, that qualifies our experience as being alive. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a great point, Manny. You know, I love what you said is, you know, we look at time just in a chronological way, or chronos time as the Greek word, as you mentioned. But actually, when we're entering church, we're entering a completely different dimension of time, which is Kiro's time, which is that divine dimension of time, like you said. Right, and, and what's, you know, fascinating is this introduction of Kiro's time which is the presence of God with us, right, mm -hmm. happened at the incarnation where God became man. He became with us, right? And so he penetrated, the Kairos penetrated the Kronos, so to speak. And that is very clear from the Last Supper, where Christ is offering his body and his blood to the disciples and saying, take, eat, this is my body and this is my blood. And what we see here is Christ presenting himself to the disciples before his crucifixion. Yeah. And he's giving them access to this event, which in the eyes of God, all events happen now. Yeah. And therefore, he's giving them his body and blood and saying, take, eat, this is my true body and this is my true blood, without him being crucified yet in chronological time. Yeah. And, and therefore, our, our participation in any liturgical worship is in the present moment. It's in the present time. Hence, all our hym hymnography and our hymnology, Christ is risen. Christ is born. And we, we are celebrating this, this moment in time where everything is done now. And we are entering that act. We're entering the event. Christ shared his body and blood with the disciples, and we are entering this event on Sunday at the liturgy. And, and, and Christ is, is risen, and now we've been given the gift of participation in that event, which is existentially happening only once in the life of Christ. And we participate yeah. in it as we enter the liturgy. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that. And, then, and it's something that... I think it's pivotal for us to understand that next time we go to church and celebrate the liturgy on a Sunday, that it's not just something out of routine, and I'm just kind of going through it, something that starts at 9 and ends at 12, and, and, and we're just kind of going through like a chronological event or commemorating something that happened 2,000 years ago with Jesus and his followers. But in a mystical way, we are entering in that div divine dimension of time, that Kiro's time, like you talked about, Manny, and we're entering into that Last Supper and inviting God, the being, inside of us. 
Thank you so much again, Manny, for your time and, and, and for doing this podcast with us and, and for touching on this great subject of time, that it's not just chronological time when we come and celebrate the liturgy, but it's a divine dimension of time, that Kiros time, where we come one with God, the being, uh, where we intersect God, the Father, uh, at the Eucharistic table. So I know this is a big subject for a lot of us, and, and we really appreciate Manny uh, for doing this. If you want to go further into this subject and to other uh, topics uh, similar to this, there's a great resource uh, of studying this stuff in a formal way. Uh, if you want to become a student again and, and kind of go further into this, please check out Holy Transfiguration College online at htcollege.org. Thanks again, Manny. Thank you. You have been listening to Meet and Write. For more episodes and resources, make sure to check out coptichymnsandenglish.com.